He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Super Scientist Nano Girl is on a mission to show everyone the wonders of science. She's joined by her trusty sidekick, the constantly learning artificial intelligence repository. We call her Claire. Let's cross now to Nano Girl's secret lab. Today, Nano Girl. Oh, I'm building a new machine to pick up plastic floating in the ocean. That reminds me about a question from Emma in Christchurch. Hi, my name is Emma. I'm 12 years old. I'm from Brains Intermediate, and my question is how do microplastics get in the water? Wow, what a great question. Sounds like another adventure. The jet bolt's fired up and ready to go. Awesome. See you soon, Claire. Wow, this looks like a cool school. Hi, Nano Hi, everyone. Can somebody just tell me where I am? Fantastic. Okay, I'm in the right place. GPS worked. I'm looking for Emma. Is Emma around here? Hi, I'm Emma. Hi, Emma. You had a question that you submitted to the Nano Girl team. Um, it was how do microplastics get in the water? Fantastic question. Do you know what microplastics are? Isn't it plastic when it biodegrades? Is it small little bits of plastic in the sand and water? The thing is, I'm a nanotechnologist, so it's not my thing, but I know somebody who's an expert in microplastics. Would you like to go on a trip to find her? Yes! It means getting into the jet vault. Are you going to squeeze in with me? Yes! All right, here we go. Squeeze everybody in! Ow! <laughs> standing on my foot. Ow! And going up! Okay, now, if you look out of that window there, you should be able to see. Can you see that tiny building down there? Let's put the zoom on. Oh, that says ESR. That must be where we're going. Okay, um, the only way I know how to land this thing is to crash land. So, uh, hold on tight, guys. (laughs) Everybody okay? Let's get out before you get sick, because I like the apostrophe here. Oh, there's Olga. Hey, Olga. Hey, Nana Girl. How are you? I am fantastic. I haven't seen you in ages. No, so you've not improved on your parking skills. Oh, yeah, I'm still crash landing that thing, but I'm getting better, I think. What do you guys think? Oh. Anyway, Olga, can you just tell my friends what you do? So I'm an environmental scientist here at ESR, and I'm researching the effects of microplastics on New Zealand's environment and their animals in it as well. Amazing. That's so cool, because Emma, you had a question. Um, My question was, how do microplastics get in the water? Great question. So there are lots of different ways the plastics can get in. They can just come from land and float away, like the plastic bottles and bags, or out through your wastewater, so where all the stuff from your toilet and your sinks in your house goes, the wastewater treatment plants where it's treated, some of the really tiny bits of plastic, the really small microplastics, actually go out and will go straight into the sea. And so where would we find microplastics? Just in the sea? No, you can find them in rivers and in your soils. So do you think we can go on a bit of an adventure and find some now? Sounds like a great idea. 
Alright, so here we are at the beach and ready to collect some sand samples to see if we can spot any microplastics. You should probably pick up any bits of plastic and rubbish that you can see too. Now, if we look at this sand, can you see anything in the sand? Does it look like you can see any micro crystals, any microplastic? Um, I just see sand. Yeah, I just yeah. see sand. So, Olga, if we can't see anything, does that mean that there is nothing there? No, it doesn't. A lot of the microplastics can be really tiny, so they get hidden by the material that it's in. Why don't we take the sand back to the lab and see what we can see? So one way to try and separate out the microplastics from your sand is to put it into a dense salt solution. So this solution is actually made out of Epsom salts, which is something you can buy at the supermarket. It's in the section with all your bubble bath. And so you've put some salts in with the water and it's warm water and now you're just putting some sand in there that we collected from the beach. So all the little bits of plastics that you might find in your sand are lighter than the salt solution and they should float to the surface. Oh, I can see some things floating at the top that look sparkly. Can you see those? Yeah, I thought it was like um, glitter. Yeah. Little white specks. You can kind of see like it's quite shimmery and shiny. And this is the sand that when we picked up at the beach we said we couldn't see anything in there, right? Mm. But now do you think there's something in there? Yeah. yeah. Yes, it looks like it. So what, what do we have in here, do you think? Because it does look shiny. Yeah, so we can try and have a closer look. If I just use one of these filter papers, we can lift the surface off the water so you can see a bit more closely there. Wow. So now we can look Whoa. under the microscope and have a look to see what a piece of glitter looks like. So this microscope is actually making these look 440 times their actual size. That's really cool. <laughs> That's really It looks cool. like a dark pink crystal. I thought microplastics were like hard beads, but is glitter a microplastic? Glitter is a microplastic. Glitter can be made, made out of lots of different types of plastic. I thought it was made out of metal. So glitter is actually made out of plastic and foil, and most people don't realise that glitter is a microplastic. Because it's so tiny, it actually passes through some of our filters, is that right, in yep. our water filtration right. systems? Yeah, so with this we can actually measure how big it is. So that one is about 200 microns long, so that's 0.2 of a millimetre. 200 microns is about twice the width of your hair. So if you look at the width of your hair right now, that's about 100 microns, so twice that is about the width of a piece of glitter. Whoa. Whoa. That's tiny. Does that mean that if we're using glitter to do our artwork and then washing our hands that it's going into the oceans? Yes, depending on the wastewater treatment plant that your wastewater goes to. It uh, may not be being filtered out. So the other thing we did while we were at the beach is we picked up all the bits of plastic that we could take a look at. And so what sort of things did we collect from the beach? Like lollipop sticks. Yeah, there's lots of lollipop sticks. I think there's a Nerf, Nerf bullet. bullet. Earplugs. And how does this make you feel? Upset that people are treating the beaches that way. Yeah. Yeah, it even kind of makes me feel guilty because I could have been one of the people that might have dropped something without knowing or... Maybe I walked past something and didn't pick it up. Yeah, it's kind of disgusting because if it goes out to sea, the fish could eat it. How long do you think these things that we found in the beach would have lasted if we just left them on the beach, these plastics? Why are we wild? Because, like, plastics don't dissolve like that. They take quite a long time. 
Some of them could um, hang around for centuries. I have some colleagues who found some little plastic battleships that were a gift in a cereal box from about 50 years ago. And so are these little bits of plastic that, like we have a leftover bottle top here, are these called microplastics too? No, those ones are called mesoplastics, so the definition for a microplastic is less than five millimetres. But those meso ones will break down into the micro ones and keep on breaking down until you have nanoplastics. What might happen to those then? Let's say they're on our beach or in our oceans. Why is that a problem? So they could be eaten by the animals. Well, these ones, they look like eggs. So we call those nurdles. (laughs) So a nurdle is the way that they transport plastic around the world. They're transported around in sacks. They get to the factory, they melt them down and they form them into your the drinks bottles or use other plastics for the lids. So everything that you own that is plastic, if you have a plastic toy or a plastic bottle, would have started its life as a nurdle. This is like baby plastics before they're shaped into anything. They look like tiny marshmallows. Um, like rice grains. It's like something you would use to make a bracelet or a necklace. White crystals or really big pieces of salt. So you can get them in lots of different colours as well. So there's black... And yellow, I think the blue is a quite common one for the lids of water bottles. Where exactly did noodles come from? They'll be made by the plastic manufacturers, so the big factories where they actually create the plastics from the crude oil, and then they're distributed for the people to make the things out of the plastic. And do you find noodles in our oceans? Absolutely. They're actually one of the most common plastic pollutants in our oceans. And these plastics you see here were collected from a, a square metre of sand... So about the size of your table at school, just from on the surface. So all of these, there are about 1,600, so 1,600 nurdles within that small area. So how do they get in the ocean? So in New Zealand, we don't actually make any plastic, so all the plastic has to come here in that form. Um, So if there's a spillage on the ground, it'll get washed down the stormwater and out into the ocean. And if you were a fish, do you think you might think these looked yummy? Yeah. Is it in the fish which we eat as well? Um, Yes, so there have been quite a few studies where they've looked at the um, stomachs of fish and they found lots and lots of different types of plastic, noodles and fragments and fibres and old fishing nets, all those sorts of things inside, but also bivalves like the green-lit mussel, they filter the water to feed and they'll just eat these without even noticing. So plastic microfibres, where do you think those would come from? I reckon they come from, like, plastic, maybe from, like, the things that people put sushi in or stuff. Microfibers actually come mostly from your clothes. Our clothes are made out of plastic. So if you look at the label on your clothes, you can tell what it's made out of. Plastics usually start with the word poly. Poly means many and mer means group. So a polymer is how we scientists describe the word plastic. So who's heard of a poly-something that their clothes is made out of? A poly-prolipop. Yeah. Polyester. Polyester. So who's got polyester clothes? I do. Yeah, because they're good at keeping you warm. Your fleeces will be polyester fleece. And the challenge with polyester fleece is when you wash them, the little fibres of plastic, because it's polyester, come out into your wash and out through the sewage system and if they're small enough they don't get caught and they also go into our oceans and the fish can eat those too can't they Olga? So there are lots of things in your life that are made out of plastic not just your plastic toys. Um, How are the microfibric plastics affecting our land animals? Ah great question. So that's one of the areas that we really 
know very little about at the moment. There have been a few studies that have looked at earthworms and they do eat the microplastic microfibers and they cause them to not grow as well. So there could be some big effects on those really important organisms within the soil because they keep the soil healthy and they help break down all the leaf litter and things. So that could end up, if the earthworms aren't producing it, that could end up with, like, our trees dying. Yeah, we need to keep the system healthy, you know. The worms are really important. Wow. How does the little objects, like the nerf bullets and stuff, get out there? Yeah, so it could be children playing down at the beach, but it might be playing in your backyard or out on the streets. Any bit of litter that's thrown onto the roads will go down into the stormwater and eventually make it out to sea. Some plastics are actually uh, can be fully biodegraded and composted, but only in under commercial conditions, so they need certain temperature, humidity, pH, and the right microbes to be able to do it. Can microplastics be used again? So when we recycle plastics, we have to sort the plastics into the different types they are. So if you look at your plastic water bottle, for example, on the bottom of it is a recycled triangle. It's usually a triangle with three arrows and a number that tells you the type of plastic is. Now, recycling plastic means that we have to only recycle the same type of plastic in the same machine. And the problem with microplastics is it's really hard to tell what type of plastic it is because it doesn't have the recycle number on it anymore. So what can we do to help the reduce of the plastic going into the ocean? I think it's really important to make sure you look after any plastic items you have, especially things like single-use plastic bottles. If you're going to use them, make sure they go to recycling and get disposed of correctly so they don't end up out in the environment. I helped at a beach clean up, clean up once. Does that help? Absolutely. That's a fantastic thing to get involved with. Well, Olga, that was so helpful. Emma, do you feel like that helped answer your question? Yeah, it definitely helped a lot. I know a lot more information on microplastics now. Thank you for that. And do you think you might change some of the ways you use plastic? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, Olga, thank you so much for helping us. We'll see you soon. I learned all about this new thing, nurdles. I didn't know that word. What What are nurdles? Nurdles are microplastic pellets that most of our plastic things, like bottles and lunchboxes, are made from. Nurdles. Excellent. I'll upload that information to my database between noodles and poodles. (laughs) Excellent. Well, I'm going to the secret lab to make some plastic with something way cooler than nurdles. A lot of plastics that we use at home are made out of something called crude oil, which is non-renewable. But today we're going to make a plastic out of milk. It's going to be a natural plastic. For this, you're going to need about one cup of milk, one tablespoon of vinegar, and a couple of heat-proof bowls. So first of all, we're going to pour and measure one cup of milk into a heat-proof jug. And you're going to put that in the microwave for about 30 seconds. Now, while that's warming up, you're also going to measure out one tablespoon of white vinegar. Pour that into a heat-proof jug. Okay. Now, you don't want your milk to be boiling. You just want it to be warm. So keep an eye on it in the microwave. There we go. Milk's ready. Now, be careful because it might be hot. You're going to add that milk into your vinegar bowl. 
and you're going to give it a really good stir and you should be able to see that the milk is separating into a solid and a very runny liquid. Now you want to filter that out so you're going to line a sieve with some paper towels and just pour that liquid mixture through and have a jug underneath so that it can drip through the sieve. Now that's going to take about 20 minutes but I have one that's been done before which you can see the paper towel is now filled with this weird solid mixture and this is what little Miss Muffet had when she sat on her tuffet and she ate her curds and whey. So we have a protein here and this is called casein. Now you're going to pat this protein dry with some paper towels and you want to keep doing this until there's no moisture left. And now you have this great weird white solid. So roll it out and you can either make a shape with it or I like to cut it with a cookie cutter. And so I'm going to flatten it out and cut it into shape and then you're just going to leave that to dry. I usually leave it on a windowsill for at least 24 hours. Now here's one that I made earlier which is nice and dry and you can see that I made a shape of a well gingerbread person in milk sculptures and if I tap it against the table it's as hard as plastic so we have made our own natural plastic just using milk instead of using crude oil and that's how you make a natural polymer uploaded to have your own science adventure check out the video on the RNZ website it's got all of the instructions you're gonna need to make your very own natural plastic have a go and let us know how you get on by emailing us at scienceadventures at rnz.co.nz. Right, Claire. Now I've got a few ideas for improving my ocean cleaning machine. Let's get to it. Thanks for listening to NanoGirl's Great Science Adventure. And thanks to Olga Pantos from ESR for helping us to answer this week's question and Emma and her friends from Breen's Intermediate. Listen to NanoGirl's Great Science Adventure on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and most other podcast apps. Click on the subscribe button and get every episode straight to your device. You don't want to miss next week's episode when we'll find out how high can birds actually fly. If you have a great question, you can email us at scienceadventures at rnz.co.nz. And if you've had a go at the experiment, send us a photo of the finished product. This podcast couldn't have been made without Dr. Michelle Dickinson, Sophie Fern, Janet Van, Joe Davis, Crystal Lee Brown, Liz Garten, Anna Toby, Claire Easton, Farrelly, Pinky Fang, and all the incredible RNZ sound engineers and our executive producer, Tim Watkin. Nanogirl's great science adventures made possible by the New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund.